We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me, as always, Jack Manuel. And this episode is brought to you by betonline.ag. But, Jack, how are we doing? Uh, Nets news to get through, Nick. Doesn't necessarily matter, but glad to be talking some Nets hoops with you. 100%. Obviously, there's bigger, bigger issues going around the United States right now. And OTG, the Brooklyn Buzz, full support of the black community in their fight against injustice and racism. Jack and I touched on a little bit on the previous show. Also, if you head to iTunes and check out the NBA outlet, just dove deep into it with Corey Waldron and Jay Christian. We're going to talk about NBA, but there will probably be some references to that as well. But Jack, uh, get things kicked off for us. Yeah, um, we're starting off. We're going to probably end with the, the basketball stuff, Nick, because to me, this is the more important stuff. So if you don't want to listen to this episode, sorry. Uh, maybe just skip forward 20 minutes or whatever. But we're gonna uh, Maybe talking. unsubscribe because it's an important issue. If you don't want to hear it, you're part of the problem. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And unsubscribe, unfollow, uh, do what you got to do, but we're talking about the stuff that really matters. And we're going to start off with the, the Nets players response, including Kyrie Irving, who was protesting, uh, posted a little bit of an IG live video. People were sort of speculating where he was, looked like he was in California, Arizona, something like that. And, you know, Wilson Chandler's made some statements. He's been protesting in, in New York and the, the gray challenge, um, that Spencer Dinwiddie and Garrett Temple were a part of, um, how did you see, uh, the Nets players sort of voicing, making their voices heard um, in, in the injustices that are currently affronting America. I absolutely love it. I mean, it's great for them to, you know, obviously share their voice and do what they need to do. I'm never going to hold an obligation to a black person to do what they need to do in this situation because I'm a white person. I live in a white privilege my whole life, and I should be doing something to support them. So the fact that they're, you know, coming out, showing support for this and doing what's right and getting out there and protesting, like, firsthand and showing people it can be done by all types of social classes, especially being a celebrity and a player that people look up to, especially Kyrie Irving. We know what type of fan base he has, especially with the youth in America. So I absolutely love the Nets players, you know, fighting for the cause and doing what's right. 
Absolutely. You know, yeah, I think you need leadership from people that have the voices that people listen to. And Kyrie Irving has a voice that people listen to. All 450 NBA players, you know, the, the voice, when they speak, it seems to me that it resonates more than in nearly any other sport that I follow. You know, I follow a little bit of the NFL, a lot of Aussie sports as well, you know, and sports around the world. But to me, the voices of the NBA players are the ones that people seem to listen to more when it comes to social issues. And on, a, on an issue as pertinent as this one, it's great to see the Brooklyn Nets players are really making them heard in whatever way they choose to do so because you know there's so many different ways that you can do it you know I, I think that a lot of people get attacked for like oh why aren't you doing this why aren't you doing this if you're doing something uh, in, in some way or another that is trying to activate change uh, then you deserve to have some credit too I know that it can be frustrating and overwhelming I know that it's been like that for me sort of being disconnected from it but you know I've I've tried to donate. I've tried to speak on the, the platforms that we have in terms of podcasts and the OTG network, tried to put out tweets, tried to show support um, and that sort of thing. A, a lot of it pales in comparison to what I could be doing. Uh, but for, for right now, I hope I, I'm just grateful that we have a, a league that allows this freedom of expression uh, for guys like Kyrie Irving and, and so many other players uh, across the NBA. It's a damn great league. 100% allowing them to protest and do what's right. Obviously, Adam Silver's always been in support of them, kind of voicing their opinion. And just talking about, Jack, you mentioning like ways to help. And I feel like if you can help in any way, I think that's supported. Obviously, I'm not a black person. I'm not trying to talk on their behalf. But I think any way you use your voice to enlighten or inform people on the situation, because that's important. Like people need to see what's going on to see what's going wrong in America and what's been wrong in America for most of its existence, you know, racism against black people and injustice. And it's important that we see these players, you know, step up and tell these, you know, fans and what's going on and help help kind of send the right message and they have a lot of power like you know just being this this status in the united states carries a lot of weight in terms of your popularity and your fandom and the type of impact these guys can have so it's great to see them use that voice for and fight for the right cause yep donate sign petitions do whatever you can do i know that it, it's an signing petitions time. takes like two minutes you just go to the website you just got to type in your info and it could help make a change especially when it's done in such large volume by so many people and i have seen you know plenty of twitter threads and, and social media threads that are actually saying that these your voices are being heard. You know, we see the changes that are happening in the Minneapolis Police Department and so many other places. You know, when videos are being filmed, that's the only way. What's happening behind closed doors that we don't even know about. So um, I, I know it's rich coming from two white guys, one from you know, Australia for, for that matter. But, you know, we're, tr we're doing what we can to try and provide a platform so everyone can sort of try and make their voices heard um, and, and try and really try and not actually eradicate the the injustice that has been you know, yep. long-standing within america and the world right now you know there are protests happening here in australia as well uh, that are being discouraged by our government as well which is obviously with covid19 i understand to an extent but you know, the right to freedom of expression the right to pe peacefully protest is a right that every country in the world should have so um, massive power to the people uh, keep fighting the good fight i've said that to to plenty of other people and it, it's it's a fight that needs to be fought right now. And I guess we'll, we'll touch on before we do get to some NBA stuff, Nick, is that Barclays Center seems to be almost a hub for, for the protesters in Brooklyn and New York. There's there's, there's lots of different hubs. We've seen uh, our guy, Matt Brooks, doing some incredible things, you know, making his voice heard there, you know, uh, protesting and, and showing signs and, and marching alongside uh, everyone there. Um, what, do you, what are your thoughts on, on Barclays Center sort of being, 
you know, almost like a, a, a hub for, for protesters um, trying to make their voices heard. I feel like it's also kind of signaling that it's becoming almost like a community hub for Brooklyn in general. Like it's not yeah. the first time people have kind of met there. So it's like a place for people to meet. It's a significant place in Brooklyn. And obviously, you know, it's it's important. It's meeting to have that protest. And I'm all for it. Like I think it's good. It's a good representation of, you know, the people of Brooklyn and supporting and I guess in some ways Barclays Center supporting them. They're not really doing anything, but it's just becoming like that vocal point of Brooklyn where people can meet up and discuss things or protest or whatever needs to be happen. Yeah, and I hope that it keeps happening. You know, the voices yep. need to remain loud. You know, if they don't, if they don't, then people just forget and it goes to the wayside. Stay loud, stay protesting, stay safe, wear your masks, do whatever you have to do, bring your snacks, make sure your phone's charged. Um, uh, th there's a, a, a massive part of me that wishes I was over there w with them. Um, but, you know, I'm, I, I can try and provide it again. You know, I've said this sort of on the outlet as well, Nick. You know, it is a little bit overwhelming at times and it can be sort of like, but, you know, stay angry, stay stay active and, and listen to the learned people that are saying great things in terms of how to do uh, and make change. You know, Barack Obama, Killer Mike um, of Run the Jewels fame. You know, there are ways to make change and it is already happening. So just keep going, keep going, keep going. But was there anything else that you wanted to add, mate, before we uh, get to some of the basketball stuff? Um, no, I would just recommend, like I mentioned earlier, checking out the NBA outlet. You know, I dove into these issues with Corey and special guest Jay Christian to kind of elaborate a little bit more because obviously this deserves way more time than what we spent right here. But we have another episode out there for you on the outlet on iTunes that you can check out. And there are plenty of other podcasts doing great things as yep. well. Um, you know, Higher Learning for me is, is, is a sensational podcast um, where they're talking about the issues. You know, don't <laughs> don't take the a lot the, of great the, documentaries too a lot of awesome documentaries educate yourself listen actively listen not just you know um, there's so many different ways you know that's a, that's a step in the process as well and um, uh, enough stuff from from us on that we're going to continue to talk about it though uh, on the broken buzz whenever we see fit um, but we will get to some basketball stuff and the nba is returning nick which means we'll see brooklyn nets basketball um, from july 31 onwards and i guess the main thing is you know we sort of discussed it in general on, on the outlet with Corey in another episode uh, we need to sort of talk about it from a perspective of the Nets record, uh, the Nets schedule, um, I'll dive in. So, um, and again, Alec, uh, OTG writer, provided, you know, plenty of sort of news aggregating stuff, which has been really, really good and easy for us to sort of uh, access. So the Nets last eight games, at least um, from the, based off the, the current schedule and the teams that will be in the hub, Clippers, Kings, Wizards, Celtics, Orlando, Clippers, Magic, Portland. What do you, off the top of your head, Nick, um, how does that record stand out to you? I mean, I, I hate to say it, but it kind of feels easy. Like, other than the Clippers, like, no disrespect to that. It's not like the Nets are this almighty team, but they are coming off a nice stretch of, you know, somewhat of winning basketball. But other than the Clippers, you got the Sacramento Kings not necessarily having an amazing season. We know Washington hasn't been great. They've beaten the Nets. Boston, the Nets have beat. Nets have also lost to them. Orlando's a team that they'll be fighting with the most. So I like the fact that they play Orlando twice because they pretty much dictate where they'll fall in the standings. Yeah. Obviously, they have to win some other games, but the fact they play them twice, they it, they kind of they have control of their destiny to an extent. Definitely, and and I think that that's a good thing for the Nets. You know, if you lose those games, so what? Um, but uh, Jacob Goldstein put out on Twitter. It's obviously not 100% set in stone what the schedule is yet, but in terms of a strength of schedule and 
the Nets have the fifth easiest strength of schedule. Uh, the Orlando Magic, I believe, are six, seven, a tenth. So the Nets technically have an easier run to the playoffs if they still do remain there. You know, obviously they, they still have to keep it a four-game advantage uh, above the Washington Wizards if they want to stay out of that playoff playing game. If they do finish eighth as well, uh, but I guess we'll get to the Orlando Magic one. I'll, I'll read off the Magic one and the Wizards one, Nick, and you can let me know whether you think that the Nets are in a good spot to keep that four-game advantage to keep that seven seed so the magic who obviously have a, a home field home home ground advantage because it, it is being played in their home city uh, they've got the the kings the nets uh, indiana the nets again the pelicans uh, the celtics the Sixers, and then the uh, the celtics again the wizards have the celtics the thunder the Sixers, the nets the bucks the celtics the bucks again and finishing off with the lakers are you confident the Nets can maintain a four-game advantage? Are you confident that they can maintain a seventh seed? Um, I guess that, what do you think? What are your general thoughts just off, off seeing the schedule and such? I mean, I'll start with Washington because that schedule is just rude. Like, that, <laughs> it's just like, damn, we're inviting you here, but we don't want to give you a chance to make the playoffs. Like, I'm, I'm not sure if they can really win more than, like, two games in that stretch. So, Wash, I feel pretty confident with the Nets landing in the playoffs. I'd be pretty disappointed if they blew. I think they have a six-game lead on them right now, and they lost that in eight games. Orlando's schedule is slightly harder than the Nets, but I don't think it's, like, extremely difficult where you're like, oh, man, Orlando's super tough. Like, Washington out of the three teams we just discussed, like, definitely has the hardest schedule. In terms of, like, Nets and Magic, you see some similarities, and you'd probably argue the Magic is a little bit tougher. Like you mentioned, they had the 10th easiest schedule. But they have some tough matchups in there. And obviously, like I said, the Magic also kind of have some control of their destiny playing the Nets twice. So, yeah, essentially in the eight games for what the standings are right now, uh, hypothetically, the Washington Wizards would need to go 6-2 and two compared to the Magic going 4-2 and two to actually get that playoff playing game. You know, they need to make sure that they are four games behind, whether it's the Nets or the Magic. And, you know, the, the Nets do, I think we burst the Wizards as well. So, like, we can... We can make it known in that third game. We can make it known against the Magic. If we beat Washington, we beat Orlando, we beat uh, beat them twice, and then we have maybe one or two wins against uh, either the Clippers, Portland, uh, or, or Boston. The Kings. And the yeah. Kings as well. You know, the, I, I think that the Nets have a, a, a pretty easy run home in terms of saying everything. But, you know, when it comes to, to the schedule, uh, you, there's not much to read into when it comes to the Nets because uh, they can be erratic at the best of times so despite the fact that this schedule looks good on paper you know who knows what can happen you know obviously you know, we'll get to, to the Kyrie Irving coming around sort of news that's been um, washing around but there's no shortage of action going on our exclusive partner bet online NASCAR is back and bet online has hundreds of other games events and sports to get in on you can still bet on simulated NFL NBA and UFC events 24 7 or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And coming up next Sunday, BetOnline has ex-Chicago Bulls Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges joining them to discuss the MJ documentary on what they're calling After the Dance. Visit BetOnline.ag, use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. I think that, you know, looking at those sort of the, the Clippers uh, in game six, you know, there could be a time where, you know, maybe Kawhi gets a, a bit of load management. Yeah. You know, there, there could be. and But at, at, the, at the same sort of point, 
maybe the Wizards are getting the Milwaukee and the Lakers at the right time because it's their last couple of games and they've already locked up their first seed. They're resting Giannis, they're resting LeBron and, and, and Anthony Davis or whatever. So maybe they get that easy run home. So there's plenty of things to sort of dive into, you know, and in, in saying that as well, uh, the Orlando Magic currently, or based off current records and current standings, actually have the worst record against teams with a better than 500 record in the NBA. They're five and 26. So, the the Magic, I'm not doing this to downgrade the the threat that the Magic do provide for the Nets in the seventh seed. Um, I, I think if it was the regular season and we still continued and we were living in a normal world, I was probably less confident about that because I think the the Magic had a bit of momentum. But that stat alone shows you that the magic struggle against those better teams. And it's nothing but good teams outside of, if you want to count Washington and Phoenix as good teams. Yeah, I agree, Jack. And I also think it's also worth throwing out the fact is things might not match up with what we saw in the previous part of the regular season, given that these guys had such a layoff. So like we are kind of have expectations for teams, but I wouldn't be surprised if things are completely different than I expect in terms of wins and losses and certain teams just popping off than other teams like struggling mightily yeah and uh, it's gonna be random weird things are gonna happen during it's gonna be fun (laughs) it's gonna be fun it's gonna be crazy I'm I'm looking forward to it happening obviously there are bigger things happening in the world but um this is still an exciting proposition what do you think is the best slash worst case scenario for the Nets Nick we're gonna get to a question we had from uh a listener on Twitter as well but you know in terms of record is it like maintaining that seventh seed uh, and worst case scenario is that they, they missed the players, but some people see that as a good thing as well. Yeah, I would go with uh, best case scenario would be obviously getting the seventh seed and maybe, you know, advancing to the second round or at least forcing a deep first round series. I'd say worst, worst case scenario is not making the playoffs because it's not like you're going to go there and rest Karis Avert and Spencer Dewey and like lose on purpose. Like if you lose these games, it does not value. It doesn't help these guys trade value. You know what I mean? Like you're looking at them and then all of a sudden they go here and they don't play well. They play really bad. Like I don't I think like the pick is nice and all, but people are making it seem like the Nets lose out and they go in the lottery that they're somehow going to end up winning the lottery and get a great pick. Like being the Nets, they'll probably end up staying exactly where they are. And like the difference in keeping that pick and not keeping that pick, I think there's more value in terms of Karis, Spencer or Jared Allen having a big mini regular season slash postseason and working on their trade value than there is in terms of maybe getting a lottery pick this year. So worst case for me is not making the postseason. Makes sense. Makes sense. So we want to get mathematical with it. I've literally right now, I have a piece of paper and I have a pen with me. So we can work out what we hypothesize to be the ending records for each team. So like, what do you, th- how many games do you think the Nets will win and lose out of those eight games? So... So let's say they'll probably lose to the Clippers in the first game. Let's just say that because obviously they're more talented. I think they can beat Sacramento. I think they can beat Washington. Um, I think that they'll probably lose to Boston. I think they'll split with Orlando. The Clippers one is kind of tough to decide. So right now I got, what, them at four losses or? Yeah, so you have three wins. Three wins. and So maybe four and four is like the most likely scenario. I could see a scenario of them going six and two. Okay, so if they go four and four, that gives them a eventual record of thirty-four and, and 38. thirty-eight. So that's what the Nets will finish with for their regular season record. All right, so the the Magic, the the games that they have, what do you think uh, the record that they will uh, take out of that one? Let's say they beat Sacramento, so we'll mm-hmm. give them a win on that. They'll split with the Nets because I had the Nets splitting with them. I think the Pacers beat them. 
I think I think they lose to New Orleans. They, I guess, let's say they split with Boston and then they lose to Philly. So what's the record for them then? So they'd have two wins. Two wins. Wow. Or three? No, three wins. My mistake. Three wins. So, th- three wins. so three and five would leave them with a record of thirty-three and forty. So. The Wizards, I'm probably not going to get many wins out of this. I reckon, <clears throat> sneakily, I would give them one of the Milwaukee or Laker wins, just to, to make it a bit interesting yep. uh, for it. But um, let's go through theirs, I, I guess. And then they'd be 2-8, and eight and that'd pretty much keep them out, right? I believe it would. So uh, the Wizards uh, aren't very likely to make it. You know, the Nets will have the easiest run, so we forecast them to have the, the best schedule. You know, nothing is set in stone yet, so we could be on the next buzz, you know, analyzing something completely different. But the Nets seem to be in a somewhat decent enough space to hold their own fate. Um, obviously, you know, the, the Magic are... Who knows? Is there any news on Jonathan Isaac? I believe he's not playing, but I haven't heard anything, like any confirmation on it. Yeah, because I remember, I think he was on the Woj pod or, or something. He had an interview with some podcaster. Well, maybe might have been Howard Beck as well. So um, I, I might have to give that, that a bit of a listen. But, but Nick, in, in relating to to the pick situation, uh, we had a Nets head on Twitter. Uh, he he, he um, added us and, and asked us this question. Should the Nets try to lose out and let the Wizards take that last spot, giving the Nets a lottery pick? And obviously... That a lottery pick would be used in some sort of situation to maybe uh, acquire Bradley Beal. Maybe that gives you a better package and allows you to keep a Carol Savard and or a Spencer Dimity and or a, a Jared Allen. Um, it certainly does have positive ramifications if the Nets weren't to make the playoffs, does it not, Nick? Yeah, I think it also comes down to like the chance of the lottery pick. Like, I think it's like, or is what's more valuable to you? Is it that, you know, if you're winning a lottery or you're getting a top three pick, that's a huge factor. But if you're ending up with, like, the 14th pick in the draft, I'm not sure how much weight that really carries. Obviously, it's more, more than what the Nets have now. They end up giving, like, a, another draft pick in the future to Atlanta. But it is something worth considering. But, again, like, I'll kind of reiterate what I was saying before. Like, I think it carries more value for the Nets, not only for, like, a trade in terms of, like, Spencer Dewey, Carousel, and Jared Allen working on their value, but also as, like, I championship habits, which Katie has talked about in the past. And like, yeah, we expect a lot of guys to be traded, but I'm sure there'll be some players on, on next year's team that were from this past team. So I think like winning and kind of pushing that narrative might be more impactful for the Nets. I understand it from a pure, like objective perspective, but I feel like it's way more subjective than people want to admit. Like, yeah, the Lakers did it, but obviously LeBron James is a different animal and they just added Anthony Davis. And it wasn't like they were going to be a great team and, like, that trade was on the table. I'm not sure if there's, like, a trade on the table like Anthony Davis. Obviously, Bradley Beal is really, really good player, but people have questioned concerns about what the package would be. It's not like you're looking to – there's a top five or top ten player on the market you can acquire. Yeah, it's it's certainly the. I think that the like you sort of said, the negatives of missing the playoffs outweigh the positives. While mm-hmm. I don't think that the positives of making the playoffs are that great, or the negatives of missing it are that great either. I think that you know, in terms of you know the, it's not that big of a deal. That, and this is going to come off as as really weird from a from a fan of this team who does a podcast for goddamn you know years and years on end. I don't think it's that big of a deal that the Nets don't make the playoffs. Not to downplay it because they are going to get probably douchebag swept, you know, in five games from the Toronto Raptors. They might even get swept. I think the Toronto Raptors are a very good team. And if they are, they are, they do fall down to that eighth seed. 
they're definitely getting swept by the, the Milwaukee Bucks. So I think that what you're mentioning about the individual value for, for these players, you know, Carlos Levert really shone in, in last year's playoffs against the Philadelphia 76ers. Spencer Dimwini has another chance to do that. You know, Jared Allen has a chance to sort of really show his growth and maturation. You know, some of these role players have a, have a chance to go, all right, I belong on next year's team. There is value in that. And I think that that value probably overrides having the, the 15th pick or, you know, it could be better in the, in the flat and lottery odds. Uh, again, in a weak-ish draft as well. And you know, from what Washington are looking at, they don't look like they necessarily want to rebuild. You know, Rui Hachimura isn't necessarily the, the foundational piece of the future. So I do think that there are positives to both. It is never just black and white when it comes to analysing a lot of this subjective NBA stuff. But I think there are the, there are greater positives in, in continuing to play winning basketball, continuing to build championship habits like you alluded to, and make the playoffs, and you know show that you can perform uh, against some of the better teams in the NBA. And a guy might have a, a season or a postseason where it's like, hey, shit, maybe we can't trade this guy. We can kind of see his fit on this team a little bit better. Maybe he'd taken that next jump or whatever it might be. You really don't know. And, like, I always think back to, like, Bismack Biombo and the Raptors, like, a couple seasons ago having a huge postseason. Then he got, like, paid out because – some teams thought he was that good. So, like, that could benefit the Nets where there's a scenario where maybe somebody, like, overvalues a Nets player and allows them to make a three- or four-team trade that gives them another asset to make that bigger deal. And like you said with the whole role-player thing. So I'm I'm always going to kind of be in favor of winning instead of losing. Like, I think there's – there's I don't want to – I guess it's like a culture thing, but I just feel like they're bring it brings value, especially when you want to be a championship organization and on, like, multiple levels. Yeah, I, I agree. And um, thank you to uh, NetHead for that question. Um, it was a fun one to sort of discuss. There are certainly... Love the questions. Love the, love the questions. You know, hit us up on Twitter, in the DMs, whatever, at the JMNJBT, at OTG Nick. But Nick, I guess the, when I put this on our rundown in our Google Doc, you know, the Nets improved the title odds. It was before the KD news dropped, but do we want to discuss... I'm, I'm assuming that... Probably if there was to be on betonline.ag right now, those odds that improved as of you know June 5, oh, my time, so June 4, American time, uh, the Nets improved from 751 to 60 to 1. I'm guessing that they're back to around 750 to 1. Do you agree? Yeah, I think they definitely dry, they jump back up. Obviously, they maybe thought KD was coming back. It's really interesting, yeah. though, because Vegas typically has a... Yeah, I mean, we they knew the Kawhi trade. They had Raptors as, like, number one before anyone else did. So I think, like, maybe there's something to it. It's hard to say. Obviously, we're going to talk about the KD news uh, next. Yeah, and in that sense as well, Nick, uh, for our Game of Thrones fans out there, before the season started, Vegas had Bran as the, the favorite to land on the throne. And everyone was like, wow. what the hell, Bran? Bran, um, and spoiler alert, I guess, it's been like two years. It's been like over a year since the, the finale has happened. But uh, sorry for any Game of Thrones out, fans out there who are watching in quarantine. But we will get to the Katie and Kyrie news, Nick. Uh, TLC uh, was speaking to French media and iterated that he says that Kevin Durant is looking great. Uh, he wants to play, but he, he doesn't think that he will. Uh, and I guess we will get to uh, the, the news from uh, the Nets guard, Anthony Puccio, as well. But touching on the TLC news first, um, what did you think of what he was saying? Was it just pleasantries? Um, what were the major takeaways from it? Yeah, I think it's kind of reiterated or kind of uh, confirmed some thoughts we already had in terms of, like, Katie being healthy and already kind of getting back in the groove. I've kind of mentioned this on the outlet. I think that 
he's probably looking to get himself to like an elite level, like a perfectionist level. And like to somebody, no disrespect to TLC, it might seem like he's already there because of how good of a basketball player he is. So I think like there's definitely positives to take about it. It makes you feel good that KD's cooking his teammates, but obviously the, uh, the fact that he's probably not going to play and which we'll talk about in a sec makes it a little bit sad. <laughs> it, it does, you know, I, I, it's, at the end of the day, I know that some fans will probably be, you know, be like, oh, well, if he's healthy, if Kyrie's healthy, why aren't they playing? Well, let's try and weigh the risks and the rewards here. The The ultimate reward is a championship. How likely is that? You know, I've said, I said on last week's JVT that the Nets could win it. Um, I was being a little bit flippant, but, you know, there, there's at least some millimeter modicum of a chance if KD and Kyrie were to return. And despite the fact that Pooch has said it, you know, we don't know about Kyrie Irving yet. It seems to me that it's almost done and dusted because, you know, when it comes to Nets news, you can't necessarily get anyone better than, than Anthony Puccio. So, and he said, um, he said multiple sources have told him that Kevin Durant will not return when the season resumes in Orlando on July 31. And we know Pooch is in the know. Um, are we going to, does this put an end to it, Nick? Or are we still going to be thinking about, well, at the end of the day, KD gets to make that choice. We haven't heard from him yet. We haven't heard from Kyrie yet. Um, and we did see Kevin Durant, you know, biking around LA in a, in a pretty sweet Brooklyn Nets top, by the way. I, I need to get that one. That is um, pretty flames. But um, does this put, a, put to rest the return of Kevin Durant? Are you trying to push me for a conspiracy theory level take right here? Look, I'm not a conspiracy kind of dude, Nick, when it comes to general stuff. I think that that can be quite dangerous and flawed. But when it comes to NBA stuff and shit that doesn't really matter, I think that it's kind of fun to just throw it out there. I mean, is there a world where Katie makes you think that he's not coming back and then all of a sudden... When the NBA returns and the Nets go on and you look at the starting lineup, it says Kevin Durant, would I be mind blown? I probably wouldn't. Do I think this kind of fits some type of narrative that I could see KD wanting? Yeah, I, I really do. And obviously, it's kind of a conspiracy theory level like take. But I mean, I feel a lot less confident about him returning, but I <laughs> I feel so bad for saying this, but I'm not completely ruling it out oh <laughs> to an extinction. I, I, I'm not saying it's likely. It's probably like 98% not going to happen, but there's like a 2% of me, and maybe that's the fan in me, that just says maybe there's still hope. I don't think it's going to happen, but like I said, I wouldn't be completely mind-blown if KD pulled something on us. I mean, at the end of the day, nothing is ruled out until you hear it from the horses. Especially now. in 2020. <laughs> and especially in 2020. I'm, you know, I'm 0.01% of a chance thinking that it could happen. Because, again, we haven't heard from Kevin Durant. That 2% seems a little bit high in my eyes, but I, you are the optimistic one of this podcast. In, in saying that as well, you know, there, there, would be, there could be a world where on July 7, at 7 p.m., at the, at the 7th second, we see the number 7 for the Brooklyn Nets make the announcement. You know, the... It could happen. There could be weird and wacky things that happen in this world, and that would be a positive weird and wacky one because we've had way too many negative weird and wacky things happen uh, over the past six months of this really crazy year. So, um, yeah, well, I don't want to... Like, what not... happens if Katie goes to training camp and all of a sudden he's, like, doing training camp and rehab and he's like, ah, yeah. shit, like, yo, I feel really good. And, like, he just wants to play. Like, I mean, I think, I think like, there is some wording in here where... Uh, Pooch said that like the Nets plan on sticking to the plan or something and like the fact that they had never you know they didn't plan on bringing KD back so like there's like some little thought of me that thinks it could happen the, the Kyrie I mean, stuff is more intriguing 
the Kyrie stuff's more intriguing because we just don't get any of that news at all. Like it's yeah. it's just like Kyrie Irving is as important to the Nets championship hopes as Kevin Durant is. Not as important. Kevin Durant is the the, the one A, the, the monocle to that. But without Kyrie Irving, if and you're just being led by Kevin Durant, we're not winning a championship. We need both of them healthy. And you know, Kyrie Irving is said to be healthy. I I haven't seen much news about it. You know, Kevin Durant was riding a bike, so clearly the Achilles isn't too bad if you if you if you're able to ride a bike around LA. So I mean, we'll. Until it is shut out from uh, even from Kevin Durant himself. You know, we've even heard his mother say that he's not playing, Nick. But uh, you need to hear it from, from KD, from 35 Ventures himself. But who knows? We could have on next week's buzz in a month's time uh, a, a reversal of the news and, and Pooch drops another bomb on us. Uh, we're, it's, a weird, it's a weird time to be living in and something, something could drop. And it's just like, wow, maybe Kevin Durant is coming back. And he's announced he is going to the bubble. Why is he going to the bubble for? Why was he on the call for? All these different things. So um, we'll continue to analyze it to the nth degree, any little thing that happens on Instagram, social media, whatever, because, I mean, it's, it's fun to, to look at things that don't necessarily matter and are kind of stupid, um, but it makes you a little bit happy. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's also like part of this whole fact of like Katie being on the Nets and never seeing him in a jersey. It just makes the fans want to see it that much more because it's like the Nets having literally one of the, obviously we don't know he's going to be when healthy, but like before he was injured, he was arguably the best player in the NBA. If not, the lowest you could have him was top three. And then adding a player like that to your team, I think it's just so exciting. It makes fans go a little bit crazy. And then throwing the fact we have, and we're able to acquire Kyrie as well. It's just like, wow, like I can't wait for the Nets to be that really, really good team that no one wants to play. We'll end the pub with that, Nick. Nick hasn't ruled it out. You can hear it here first from a trusted <laughs> Nets source. Nick's sources <laughs> tell him that Kevin Durant still might play. Uh, you can take that to the bank. I'm going to put it out there. Uh, on that note, Jack, thank you for taking the time to talk Nets with me. As always, big thanks to everybody for listening. And you can check us out on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, notgbasketball.com, netsrepublic.com, and Blue Wire Pods. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.